Cubiños en el arco, la defensa es colosal González, Orlando, La Torre, Nicolás, Fuentes y Chumpitas Chalemifrin y Cubillas y el gran Pericoleón Bailón y Alberto Gallardo Welcome back to the Peruvian Waltz Podcast. I'm your host, Peter Galindo. Joining me this evening, once again, are the Montalvan brothers. We've got Kevin Montalvan here with us. Kevin, how are you doing? Always good to be on the pod. Feels like it's been too long. A week is a long time, especially in these times. We also have uh, Diego Montalvan on with us after a long, long day for him. Diego, how are you coping Oh man, I'm I'm still going. I'm still going. I got that adrenaline rush going from all the crazy news that has been uh, brought today. So I'm just ready to talk about some of it here today. Yeah, we will try to uh, to keep you awake, uh, and that goes for you as well, listeners. Uh, so we'll start, as always, in the latest in Liga Uno. Uh, we'll start first with action on the pitch before moving to some off-the-pitch stuff in a way. Alianza Lima and Sporting Cristal played today. That is Tuesday, the night we are recording, uh, and drew 1-1. Um, it was a frantic start for Alianza, but then Cristal recovered, ended up out-shooting, Alianza 19-4, to uh, and Emmanuel Herrera's free kick, amazing free kick at that, was able to help Cristal salvage a draw, but probably deserved to win in the end. Now, there are a lot of angles we could probably take from this game. It is, after all, just the second game for Cristal, the first one for Alianza, because, of course, their first match with Binacional was postponed, and then the entire match day was suspended. But in terms of... A couple of the noteworthy takeaways for Alianza. One of them was uh, Duclos, who got hurt, with Rodriguez replacing him. Uh, and looking very solid, despite the fact that he was under siege for the most part. Kevin, given that Rodriguez is probably by far the most experienced player in that back line, how important is it for him and for the team that he delivers performances like that time and time again, provided he stays fit? That's that's the question. As long as he stays fit, as as much as as he can, he should definitely be played during the season. I know that uh, Bengochea had originally been of the idea to only use him for important matches like Libertadores or Clásicos, but Salas has has pretty much said that he's not gonna try to rotate too much. Obviously, Alianza had some kind of injury crisis in the last two weeks a lot of people are are out of it or missing um from the list but yeah it as long as moodle can stay fit i can definitely see him being the leader of that back line yeah and it was obviously encouraging to see him play as well as he did because that's that, that's obviously got to be quite uh, pleasing for for alianza fans uh, on the other side martin tavara um another excellent game from him for cristal in that yotun role uh which was a pleasant surprise for me because it's one thing to boss a game versus a team that sits deep without pressing you like sport boys but to do that against alianza who are putting him under pressure pretty consistently is impressive uh and i'll read through some of his numbers for you from that game 51 out of 58 passes 88 percent passing accuracy five out of seven for his long passes he had two chances created eight out of ten duels won four tackles two interceptions and drew four fouls um diego given that he seems to be settling in pretty quickly into that role 
and, and especially with call-ups coming this Friday for that uh, September camp, how encouraging is this from a Peruvian perspective to see him really grabbing that role by the scruff of the neck and, and running with it? Oh, that's great news for us. Great news for Gareca. Great news for, news for La Selección. I think that uh, he's going to be part of that September call-up. That's my belief, though, you know, uh, based on what we've been seeing from him recently. I think he's, like you said, he's coming into that role. Uh, and I think he deserves to, We did, or Gareca should see what he can offer La Selección. Because as we've seen, Yotun's been getting hurt a little bit. Uh, Aquino got injured before. And, you know, Tapia's in a new club. So just in case, we need to have extra, extra, extra men. Always have the next man up. Um, so I think he deserves a shot to, to see what he can, what he can offer. Absolutely, he does. Provided, of course, Cristal lets him go to that camp. That's always the the caveat, I guess, uh, as these call-ups approach. Um, we got a listener question uh, related to Sporting Cristal from Renato the Sun at Renato underscore Sun, who asked us what we thought of Gianfranco Chavez's performance against Alianza, of course, the other young standout for Cristal. Based on what I saw, personally... Um, Looked very good. The one, I guess, criticism, if you want to call it this, is, and this is kind of my one hesitation with Javis, is that he can be very aggressive when he plays. And what I mean by that is he'll just push up and and really not, I guess, have any regard for positioning. And that, to me, can leave his team exposed. Now, that could be by design, but I feel like the fact he's not done this under two or three coaches maybe indicates that this is just how he plays. He does play aggressively, and you like to see that. And maybe in Peru's system, that could actually be quite useful, but there were times when Alianza were getting in behind him because he was kind of rushing into close down an opponent and or rush into a tackle and then got beaten. Um, but overall, I thought he was very, very good. I mean, he made a couple of timely interceptions on some Alianza uh, potential counterattacks, so that was encouraging, I suppose. Um there were other games on today as well, guys. Um, one of them was Cantolao, who defeated Binacional 3-2. But the real big takeaway from this game was Yuriel Selly starting for Cantolao, which is curious because he was supposedly closing in on a move to Racing, but that could be off by the sound of it. Uh, Diego, what is the latest on that? Well, the latest is... Uh Someone from Cantolao, one of the um, delegados from Cantolao, actually spoke to um, Ovacion, I believe, today, and they told him that that has kind of gotten cold, basically saying, you know, what we already know, that they had a, they had an agreement between Racing and Cantolao, it was up to the player, the player said yes, but then uh, Elio Casareto, his agent, asked for uh, $20,000 monthly for his salary and they just said that's way too much and he much he pretty much said that you know we were willing to work with with Uriel and his and his and his agent and his reps to try to get him a move that he wants but they also need to be realistic in in what they're what they're trying to get um pretty much so that's where they're at I mean can it still happen yes but um obviously uh, as of right now Racing has not gotten back to Elio or Selly about um a counter offer and i don't know if you would i mean at this point like i get i get it they they just came out and said 20,000 when you you know <laughs> that an argentinian club right now based on 
what's happening with the economy, they can't afford that. Especially because you're also, how long have you been playing professional football? Not even a year in total. So you can't, you can't, you can't say, oh, I'm going to put you on one of the highest wages. Exactly. He's 18 years old. He has around a thousand minutes of, of first team time. Um, so he's still very, very early in his career. Uh, I understand you want to secure your financial future, but you also have to be realistic, especially in Selly's situation, if you're Casaretto. Kevin, in terms of this whole ordeal, I guess it wouldn't be the end of the world if Selly stays at Cantolao for the rest of the year because he still gets valuable experience and he could still wait for another year or six months to get that move. But on the other, he does want to go, and yet Casaretto seems to be kind of ruining it for him. Where do you stand on on his situation at the moment? <clears throat> So I, I think it's clear at this point, you know, Racing wanted him. It was all on the table. Um, but I, I, I'm going to guess it's, it's not going to happen right now. Maybe. Maybe it's because the U-20s is in January and we're so close. Um, and I think Uriel would be probably the star player. So if, if he is getting playing time at Cantolao and maybe has a breakout tournament, maybe Elio or, or Uriel said think that they'll get a better offer you know it's not it's not crazy um the wages was was probably a a no or a, to, to hold them off until maybe the next transfer season Diego would you agree do you think that this is I mean I guess not ideal I suppose for him because he wanted to go but if he were to stay is that still you know is it still a good thing if he does stick around you know the thing is that I feel like Sally and, and his agent and his people have always let it be known that their first priority is to, to go to Europe. And so part of me thinks that they may have self-sabotaged this move to just keep them at Cantonau and wait for a European move. Yeah, also very possible too, which, again, I don't know how smart that would be, but... I mean, if he gets the move and he ends up playing, then, you know, we can shut up and, and say that we were we were wrong, but it just doesn't seem wise at this point in time, especially for a player who's still so inexperienced. But that's that's what they want to do. It's totally up to them. Um, speaking of Binacional, uh, news came out a couple of days ago, or actually yesterday, on Monday, that they will have to play their Libertadores matches in Lima. They were initially given permission to play in Juliaca, but the Peruvian government uh, said no, they had to play in Lima for pretty obvious reasons. I don't really blame the government for stepping in. Um, but Kevin, are they screwed in the Libertadores now based on this recent development? Yes, I'm, I'm gonna just <laughs> say it flat out. There's no, there's no replacing playing at Juliaca with playing in Lima. It's gonna be uh, totally different from uh, you know the more offensive style, you know, long shot based approach. Uh, I'm not, I'm not gonna say they're they're completely dead. They do have uh, some good forward attackers like Arango. Uh, Rodriguez and Deza. I mean, if if they can get them into the into the list, which I I believe they can, I believe um, Conmebol allows that, and see what happens. But it's it's looking dark. Yeah, and given how they performed away from home, um, probably not a great uh, indicator of what's to come in the future for them. Um, and they did not look great today. Of course, those are very extreme circumstances they still have a couple of weeks to 
figure it out, but it's probably not looking great for them. To close it out, guys, on this section, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Adrian Sella, uh, Sport Boys defender. He got arrested for throwing a house party, the latest player in Liga 1 to break protocol and to get in trouble for it. D Diego, uh, just very quickly, how stupid was this on his part, given everything? Beyond stupid, man. I, I, I really don't understand what's going through some of these guys' mind. Like, you, you already know the laws and, and the protocols that are in order because of the pandemic. I get it. You want to party, you want all that. I get it. And, you know, maybe if, if, if you're going to do something, do something small <laughs> with, like, five, six people. And, guys, you know, hopefully Peruvians don't hear this and say, yeah, yeah, Diego, Diego's got No, no. I'm just, I'm just saying, like, if you're going to do something – then do something small. Why do something so big where you're gonna where you know people, your neighbors and everyone's gonna hear it and you know Magali's cameras are gonna show up and then <laughs> and then and then and then it's just gonna all over again. On the news, you're gonna get all this happen again. For what? For what? Now now what's gonna happen with you? Well, now you're gonna be suspended or not or get fired from your club. It's just it just doesn't make sense to me why you why people keep doing this. Well, I mean, given what happened with Rai Sandoval, maybe getting released isn't necessarily the, the worst thing. He might land on his feet immediately because it feels like people who break the rules just get rewarded right away, which sucks. But that's the way it is these days. Um, the one thing I'll say to this, at least in Binacional's situation with the players who broke protocol... You can say the entire club messed up with their communication and just not organizing things in a way that would allow these players to be able to follow protocols properly. But Sella just blatantly broke the rules selfishly. And that is just really unfortunate because then he puts his team at risk. He puts the league at risk because uh, the government's watching. They're, they're going to be really, really on Leo Uno's asses and the FFAF's asses to make sure that everybody is following the rules. And if this keeps happening, then you risk getting the league suspended again. Um, and given that Peru is not obviously handling COVID all that well through some, in some areas, no fault of their own. That just exacerbates the issue. Um, guys, we talked about it a little bit already, but uh, La Selección, their call-ups, I, I can't believe I'm actually saying this, like many, many months after the fact, but uh, we can actually expect some call-ups uh, for the August and September camp. It will be announced on Friday. Ricardo Gareca is going to be on a virtual conference call um diego i believe you are going to be on it if you are that is fantastic um by the way keep in mind clubs can withdraw players who are called up if they choose um diego i'll start with you on this though are there any names in particular you expect to be on the list or want to see on the list Tavara. boom no <laughs> but he's one he's he's definitely one of the ones that i want to see based based on how he's done um i'd like to see Gianfranco chavez I'd like to see uh, Matias Sukar. I'd like to see Vilka. I'd like to see Sely. I mean, those are the ones that are coming right out, right off the top of my head right now. Uh, I'm sure there's more that I'm missing. Mora, but um, I just want to see. I just want to see what these guys can offer La Selección under Gareca's watch. Have him having them close and and just see which guys are ready to make an immediate impact, even if it's as subs, even if it's just being in camp. So so I think hopefully the clubs can allow them to, to at least be there part-time with them. Yeah, of course. Uh, Kevin, who do you expect or want to see in this camp? 
you know, off off the bat, Rodriguez, Sukar, the one from Muni, Garega seems to have taken an uh, interest in him. So I could definitely see that one happening. Mora, let's see, Oliva and Concha, I think, mm-hmm. deserve a, a, a shout. Obviously, they're from a smaller team, but I think they performed at a good enough level to, to get the a call-up at this point, if it's all local. Chavez and, and Tavara, I would definitely like to see that. And honestly, Cristal has the depth. Liga 1 already allowed teams to use, like, five, all, all five uh, foreigners and and reduce the bolsa minutos. So I, I don't think the the teams can really argue their way out of this one if, if Gareca calls up people. It is true. I mean, a few of the teams that you imagine he will pick players from are quite loaded at this point in time, so that might be his saving grace that – you know, there really is no argument to say, well, we have to keep them. Otherwise, our squad is, is, or our 11 is depleted. Sure, your squad might be depleted, but you could probably cope without them for, you know, five, six days. And plus, it's a huge opportunity for those players. I'm sure they'd love to go and, and show what they're made of for sure. Um, guys, we can't, it seems, discuss the FFA without talking about scandals um, or at least some sort of weird news story. Um, we got a question from Gonzalo Rodriguez Morales um, who wants to know what we think about the recent corruption investigations into Agustin Lozano, the FFA president, and Oscar Chiri, the uh, secretary general of the FFA, made by Once.pe the other day. Um, and Once reported that Lozano and Chidi um, basically signed off and or possibly organized uh, the following. So the four promoted clubs of Yacuabamba, Carlos Stein, Atletico Grau, and Alianza Universidad, they needed TV contracts. The FBF said that they will, quote-unquote, invest from the start 6 million soles until December to maintain uh, Yacobamba, Carlos Stein, Grau, and Alianza Universidad, uh, and that this money will be recovered and or repaid through the sale of TV broadcasting rights, uh, and there will be profits for both the clubs and the FBF in return. Um, they had offers from Gol Peru, over multiple years, which included an initial $4.2 million to broadcast the games of those teams, um, as well as Gold Peru covering all the production costs. So the FFBF would have made straight profit from this deal. They turned it down because they gave DirecTV the rights free of charge, not to mention they're taking on half the production costs because apparently this is part of this deal that would land... Uh, the clubs, as well as the FFA money in the future. If you want to read more about it, Once.pe has it on their website. Uh, it's all in Spanish, of course, but if you want to check it out, it's on there. Um, Kevin, what do you make of this whole thing? I know it's a lot to take in, but, I mean, like, again, much like I asked with, with the Sela question, like, how stupid is this from the FFA's part? I'm just shaking my head. All right. Damn, I think Burga shaking his head. He's just like, yeah, if you're going to steal, at least be a little bit smarter about exactly. it. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know how you can reconcile the fact that Gol Peru is pretty much, if you divide that, what, 4.5 million between four teams, that would put them on par with the rest of the league. And you already had, you know, Alianza Universidad, who was, who was like top of the table 
they could have used that money ASAP, especially to, to replace someone like like Duran who had been out, mm-hmm. um, and any other any other holes in their squad. I I can't think that that this direct TV thing will 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 benefit the teams uh, in the short or long run. Uh, because let, I'm honest, I think at least three of them are candidates for relegation. Mm-hmm. So whatever backroom deals or anything, they're not going to see profit from that in the next year or the year after. I'm just I'm just astounded. There's no way to <laughs> to, to make it seem like you did something good. Oh, the FFF is not supposed to be investing in teams like this. Oh my god. Well, like, I mean, I can understand why they do it, I guess, just to kind of keep them in the league and whatnot, but that also, you know, presents another issue. Why are there so many teams in the top flight if these clubs can't maintain themselves? I know there's a pandemic, um, which hurt them a lot, but, I mean, that just says it all right there, really. Um, like, if, if you're paying for them, that's not a good sign. Like, you probably want teams who can sustain themselves. Uh, Diego, what do you make of this whole thing? I know that that was a lot of information, but I mean, if you can add anything, what would it be? I mean, <laughs> it's 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 laughable, right? At this point, like when when you as an outsider can hear hear about this stuff, you think Peruzzi must be a joke. Like, what is going on? Why? For what? It just makes no sense to me. Um, uh, I I don't think I can add anything more than what you and my and Kevin have already added onto this. I mean, this is an episode where we need Christopher Viscardo for his information as well as his ranting abilities because I feel like he would go off on this right now. Maybe in the middle of this, I'll plop in a, a quick seven from Viz to get his reaction on this because I feel like it deserves that. It, it, it's absolutely stunning that this would happen. Not so much because the FFAF had never seemed to be far from corruption, just that it is so out in the open and so quickly like at least with Oviedo's issues it was many many years ago and then it came out later same with Burga um this was just like immediately they were they were caught which just makes it even worse um guys let's switch over to I guess a few more probably just a shocking tidbits but maybe a few more happier tidbits um Peruvians abroad transfers wise um, we have to start here. Pedro Gaese on loan to Independiente. Um, I put that with an exclamation mark and a question mark because I'm that stunned. They allegedly want to bring him in on loan with an option to buy. This is due to financial issues at Independiente. It's why Campania, Dominguez, etc. have left due to unpaid wages. Um, Gaese allegedly, this has been disputed. Um, apparently, this is according to who Diego's talked to, earns around $800,000 uh, annually with Orlando City, and Orlando City has engaged in talks, apparently early talks, that is. Uh, Diego, what, what can you uh, update us on about this? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm as shocked as you. That that news came down last night, and it just, this today was just bombarding. Every hour there was something pretty much, um, I guess Independiente really wants this. Pretty much, you know, they lost out on their on their goalkeeper for unpaid wages. So then they started looking at some other keepers. Uh, decided Pedro Galese was their number one choice, and they figured they could get him on loan. Um, the thing was that they they wanted they wanted to pay the loan in installments. So when this came about. I heard from someone from Independiente that said that they had gotten rid of enough players to be able to pay the loan 
in one installment in one large in one lump sum and as well as be able to pay Galeste his wages so I heard that Galeste had given the okay after talking to Gareca who said yeah to make the move um because of obviously the league is is more competitive in Argentina and whatnot so the agent brought the offer to Orlando City and it was rejected but you know El Rey de Copas they still want him but I don't know what else they can do really because they they can't afford to give much more money to Orlando and Orlando don't really need to get rid of him. They also did say Orlando did come out and said that he is uh they're not going to entertain anything else and that he's uh very important to the project that they're building under Oscar Pareja. Kevin, do you expect Gaese to stick around in Orlando given all this information or do you feel like the Independiente move does have some legs to it. I mean, I, I understand uh, Independiente's need, but if, if Campana left Independiente for unpaid wages, I'm not seeing Galese would trust that they would pay him his his probably higher wages since he's in the MLS. I'm, I'm not seeing it. it. I mean, I understand this came out quickly. There might be a counteroffer or something, but... I don't think so. It's too soon. They they had a they should have tried this in January if they they thought they needed an extra good keeper. Yeah, I mean it would just be something if Gaese went from uh, leaving one club who was struggling financially to pay its players in Veracruz only to then go to Independiente, another club that is struggling to pay its players. That would just be that would be almost Stockholm syndrome at that point. Um, on that same sort of uh, train of thought. Miguel Trauco, he's set to stay at San Etienne. I feel like we've heard this one before, and we have. Uh, Olympiacos don't want to meet the asking price from San Etienne, which seems strange given that there's such a small discrepancy in the number, but that's their business. Um, Diego, how detrimental could this be for Peru? Uh, I assume he'll still be called up and he'll start, but it's clearly not good. Absolutely, like you just said. Uh, I assume the same. I think he'll still be called up. Why? Because who's a better left back right now for Peru? And that's why I think these, this August-September camp is so imperative to see, you know, Santi, Santillan, uh, Mifflin, to see if they can help out or afford any, uh, bring anything extra to the table. It's it's not going to be good for Miguel Trauco right now because, like, we, as we all know, um, Claude Poole doesn't really care for him he's already told him he's not in his plans so barring any injury i don't see how miguel trauco is going to get playing time and that is a big problem it absolutely is luis abram guys uh signing a new contract with belis that's also with an exclamation mark and a question mark because again just as shocked to hear that because it looked like he was closing in on a move to real betis but uh with his current deal expiring in 2021, not to mention Belles didn't receive any adequate offers from clubs abroad and they're low on centre-back depth, they are interested in handing him a new contract, which would actually raise his release clause to $12 million, uh, from the $8 million that it was before. So that could add a little bit of value to uh, whenever he ends up getting sold in the next 12 months or so. Diego, first off, any recent updates on this like what are the odds of this actually happening and him staying in argentina for the time being the last i've heard you know talks were ongoing but it was all very positive 
Lisa Abram doesn't mind uh, staying in 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 Vélez um, for another year or so. Uh, um, is it? I mean, is it okay? It's not the end of the world for sure. Um, I expected Lisa Abram to go just because because of what he's been doing, the form that he's been in. He's caught so many. He's caught many uh, many clubs in Europe's attention, but not many good offers and to me i don't understand why i that's my biggest issue why especially when when right now his his transfer value is, is so low and i think he's at a good age um his form that he's been in one of the best defenders in argentina last season um he's just been growing ever since he got let um got um taken out of the squad for the world cup i think he's just shown to grow and grow and keep growing. So I just don't understand why why more clubs aren't looking at him. Well, especially because we have seen, uh, mind you, they are younger than Abraham at this point, but not much younger, but guys like Adolfo Geich going to go, going to Europe um, for a pretty significant amount of money. You would think a Turkish club or a Russian club who aren't really afraid to spend, even in these times, would try to put in an offer and see if they can get him. Because, sure, you are paying a, a, a certain amount of money, but in the future, he could be sold for significantly more than that. So I feel like it's a low-risk, high-reward type situation, which makes it so much weirder that no one really made a significant push to get him peter when you mentioned uh turkey there was one thing that you reminded me that i had heard galatasaray uh-huh. are trying are supposedly um waiting on an offer for one of their center backs which they would get 12 million for uh-huh. i think i mentioned it in the last pod and so if that goes through then they they're one of the ones that have been interested in these abram but if that goes through, then I mean, they can they can offer they can make an offer for Luis Abram. There you go, it's possible, and they're playing in the Champions League next season, so might not be the worst thing for him. Kevin, assuming he does stay at Vélez though for the next little bit, um, does this help or hinder his European dream? It it totally depends on if he uh, signs a renewal, because I'm personally if if he's not getting the offers right now why would they become better once his once his release clause is higher you know like a considerable right. amount i think right now it's eight million yeah. would go up to 12 right so I'm, I'm not i'm not seeing it because velez to me while they're a good team i don't see them doing anything dramatic uh internationally or winning the league anytime soon yeah also true um Obviously, if you raise the asking price and offers aren't coming in now and they aren't adequate, do you expect them to go up at that point? Um, maybe if they know that he's expensive to get and one or two clubs are particularly interested and they have the finances, maybe then. But, yeah, you do make a good point on that. Um, we'll close out the transfer section with this. Alexander Lecaros, uh, he's available for loan by Botafogo as they have too many foreigners and he's not going to get the minutes. So, guys, we'll go around the table on this. Um where would you like to see him go on loan? Would you like to see him stay in Brazil? Or do you think he should try to go elsewhere? I know it depends on interest and whatnot, but ideally, uh, where would you like to see him go? Kevin, I'll start with you on that. I think it would be best for him to stay in Brazil, probably to a, a side that might be struggling. I think, um, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, Sierra is currently in relegation, and they, they almost got relegated last year. That could be a, a spot where he might be able to get minutes um, or any of the lower-ranked sides right now. Diego, what are what, what do you think on this? 
I got to agree with Kevin. I also think he should stay in Brazil. Um, the thing is that Botafogo were, or from what I heard, he was, you know, he was killing it in training and, and a lot of fans were asking for him to play. So I think, obviously, I think he's got the talent and I think he should stay in and try to keep, uh, doing his thing in Brazil to earn his way back into Botafogo. Yeah. Completely agree with you guys on that one as well. Um, one listener question on uh, transfers slash, uh, what is going on with this player in this case uh, from Carew at Carew underscore seven. Uh, any news on Alejandro Duarte? Um, so Duarte, who had to leave after Sacatepec dissolved um, in that massive shifting of clubs in, in Mexico over the last few months. He's now at Juarez. Um, he's the backup, though, so he won't be getting a lot of minutes. But it's been a mess over the last month or so because uh, they claimed he had the coronavirus but he did several private tests himself that came back negative. Yet, despite this, the club didn't let him train and he went unpaid for the time missed. So it's it's a complete uh, bleep show at this point in time, which is just, I mean, it, it kind of encapsulates Duarte's last couple of years since he's left Peru. Um, he just can't seem to catch a break and, and this is just the latest chapter in that, which is so unfortunate for him. Over to happier thoughts, guys. Uh, in terms of Peruvians abroad who were in action, Raul Ruiz, he's the MLS player of the week. He had two goals and an assist. Both goals were incredible, by the way. Check them out if you haven't seen them. Against Portland on uh, Sunday. And uh, given that he had a rough MLS's back tournament, didn't have the greatest start to the year either before the pandemic, um, Diego, was this a positive sign to see him seemingly returning back to his sharper, more incisive self? Absolutely. I don't know. Um, you know, in the MLS is back tournament. He just looked lackluster. He looked out of it. And I don't know if it was, you know, the weather in Orlando. We did hear how hot it was um, for for certain clubs that are not used to it. But man being being back in in the west coast he looked he looked unbelievable um i don't know if it just was you know he got after more time training with with his with his team or whatnot but he definitely looked sharp he definitely looked more informed uh very happy for raul and um he's still got to be someone that's kept in 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 the eyes for la selección even though the system doesn't work for him that is very true. Uh, Kevin, what do you think about Ruidias' exploits from the weekend? Good good thing that he's seemingly returning back to form. Of course. It's always going to be a good thing for him to be racking up goals, assists, anything. Uh, you know, keeping Peru's name up there, player of the week. And honestly, if if players want to get into La Selección over Ruidias, they got to step up. They got to do better than that. So the competition should always be at, at the highest level. Absolutely, it should. Edison Flores was in action for DC United this evening. Uh, they lost 2-1 to one to the New England Revolution. Flores again looked pretty lackluster, though he looked better than what uh, DC United showed at MLS's back, and that's himself included. But the same can be said about the rest of the squad looking average today. Diego, your thoughts on Flores' latest uh, performance? I mean, I, I think um, he had moments where he looked a little better. He had moments where he looked, uh, I guess, like uh, he knew his team and his the players around him. Um, but still, I felt he needs more time to acclimate. And 
I just don't see it under 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 the coach that DC United have right now. Um, Edison Flores did leave the match injured um, after uh, a hard hit to the head, um, and the coach uh, actually spoke a couple of minutes ago and said that um, Flores is unlikely to feature in his ne- the next match against Philadelphia, and he seemed very concerned about Orejas. So I guess we'll be waiting to see what happened, and you know, Fuerza Orejas. I hope you, you you recover you recover fast and get back to it. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. Um, Kevin, is this a bad sign that he hasn't seemingly settled yet, or do you think it's just a case of he needs more time? Obviously, the pandemic interrupting things, the the tournament that obviously was very weird that happened in Orlando. Like, are all these factors? Do you think people should calm down a little bit before panicking about Orejas? I think Orejas has, has pretty much shown up for Peru when needed. Maybe he'll end up being just a national team player, or maybe you know he just needs a little bit more time to to get used to MLS and then his teammates around him. But that that's my point. I think it's a little bit too soon to to judge him, especially since this is his first experience in the MLS in pretty much the normal season. Yeah, and he's the main man as well. It will probably take time. DC over went a lot of overhaul. The coaching isn't the greatest, so all these are factors, of course. Um, more worrisome signs on uh, another MLS-based Peruvian, uh, Jordi Reina, left out of the Whitecaps squad versus Toronto FC on Friday. Uh, he was supposedly late to a team meeting, which led to the decision to leave him out. Uh, it's not the first time he's been in hot water in Vancouver. Uh, we remember when uh, there was still a quarantine uh, for especially MLS players, he was caught uh, playing on a local Vancouver, or playing football on a local Vancouver pitch um, and obviously angered a lot of the executives in Vancouver. Not surprising at all. Uh, is this worrisome, Diego, that he just seems to kind of have these lapses in, in, in judgment? It, it should be said it's maybe been a little less frequent recently, but... I mean, it doesn't seem to be evaporating either. Yeah, it's worrying. I mean, I don't know if he, if he's if he's ever gonna get it at this point, right? Um, we've seen the flashes of 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 what a player he can be, but you know, the one thing I've always said is he lacks consistency. He'll have one great game and then two, three bad games, and then one great game and then again. Um, and I think these lapses in judgment and him getting in trouble by his, with within his club is not helping his cause. Um, and it's not helping his cause to try to return to La Selección, as he's always said he wants. Um, so I, I, I just don't see, I just don't see how any good can come from this. Yeah, neither do I. Uh, guys, sound the alarm. Uh, Santiago Ormeño has gone two straight games without a goal after starting the uh, Apertura with three goals in as many games. Uh, wasn't for lack of trying on his part, but he has only had two shots combined in those two games. Um, Kevin, your thoughts on his recent showings here? Do you feel like it's a case of him coming down to earth or just uh, bad days at the office? He was he was on a on a hot streak, so I'll, I'll always give him that, and it's brought more attention to him. We've we've I think we've all got to see a little bit more of his playing style, and Reynoso seems to trust in him. So I'm sure it's it's just you know a dry spell. He'll probably be back. I still think 
that he 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 should definitely uh, you know be talked to by someone from Gareca's staff or something. Uh, we know he has you know the NAE and stuff, and it, it'll just add to the competition. But I'm sure if if Reynoso sees something in him, then I I think we can trust in that. As do I, uh, Diego. Your thoughts recently on uh, Ormeño's last couple of games here? You know, I I said it on the last pod. Um, it was great that he was going through a hot streak, but I feel like everyone was just blowing him up for blowing it up more than what it should be. You know, he's just having a hot streak. I wanted to I want to see him do it for at least a season. And you know, I, I mean, obviously, I hope I hope that he can get through this and get back to scoring. But I feel like at least the the journalists from Peru have come back down to earth a little bit on this. Yeah, and thank God, too, because it was getting out of control when he scored for the second and third game running. Like, it was ridiculous. Um, that's not to say he's not great still. Um, I think he is a quality forward who I think now that he's getting chances to to showcase his abilities, um, who w- will turn out to be a solid forward, but was he at the level that some Peruvian journalists were hyping him up to be probably not uh that doesn't mean that he can't make an impact for the national team if he gets called up um which we'll see of course in the next couple of months if that happens and how well he progresses over the next couple of months in mexico as well um that'll do it for us this week thank you everybody for listening as always uh i'm peter galindo you can follow me on twitter at galindo pw you can follow the show at peru waltz uh kevin what is your twitter and any final shout outs for you this week you guys can follow me at kmontalvon7. And I just want to shout out John Pierre Reiner, who actually uh, got to play in a friendly, got to start in a friendly against Real Betis. And I believe he played the whole match. It was a loss, but a, a, a close game. So I, I think that, that shows promise. Indeed. Maybe he'll lock down a spot at some point for the uh, La Liga season. Uh, Diego, what is your Twitter and any final shout out for you this week? Um, uh, my Twitter is dmontalvon, and my shout out goes out to first Raúl Ruidías for you know getting back on track, doing his thing, and putting Peru's name out there again. And secondly, to Edison Flores, uh, I hope that this injury is nothing serious, and it's just you know maybe a minor concussion or something of that sort. And uh, yeah, fuerza Rejas. I'm with you on that one. Anyway, that'll do it for us this week. This is the Peruvian Waltz team, and we are signing off.